Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. Now, as our listenership increases week by week, and, and, and by the way, thank you. Th- thank you so much for that. No, really, thank you. But as we continue to attract more and more of an audience, it's, it's important for me to remember that not all of you are up to date on what, uh, what they call here in L.A. the, the, the narrative arc of, of the podcast. As to some of you, this may be your very first Timmy Black experience. So I'd like to welcome you. Welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome to our growing community of, of misfits and malcontents and street prophets and unpaid polemicists and, and, and whatnot. Anyway, welcome. You definitely, you maybe, you might, you might love this. So welcome. Anyway, to our new listeners and to those of our regular listeners who, like me, have completely forgotten where we left off last week. Let me give you a brief recap. When when we ended our last episode, I was about to discuss this incredible essay that was recommended to me by an old and dear friend. Now, I'm not sure why she recommended it to me. It could very well be a, 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 a subtle, poisoned expression of, of muted hostility or simply an unpremeditated act of tenderness. Who knows and who cares? The the essay in question was actually rather remarkable. It was published in this obscure online publication, you might have heard of it, called Spider Drain. And the piece was called In the Land of the Blind, The One-Eyed Man is a Nuisance. And it was by this woman named Cornelia Robbins, who is apparently a behavioral psychologist and who works with the Defense Department or something like that. What makes this essay, this article, so unique, so important, is that what Cornelia Robbins does is to challenge from a social science perspective the basic premise that a culture must be defined by its art. She basically asks the question, why? Why? Why, as a culture, do we spend so much time defending what she calls this self-defeating idea that art is, well, necessary? Now, with a medley of academic citations backed up with no less than 120 fancy footnotes, she questions why we need music, or why we need sculpture, or why we need fiction, why we need any of it if there is no real, how how does she put it again, no real, no real value proposition attached to it. That's what she calls it, a value proposition. Why, she asks, do people line up in museums and stare cluelessly at paintings 
when you can just as easily see them online while snacking on M&Ms and sipping a Diet Dr. Pepper. What's the big deal, she asks, about reading poetry when it's usually so obscure, so so difficult to understand? And why bother going to the theater when you have at your disposal the infinite riches of Netflix and Hulu and HBO and, and, and YouTube? And here's where she gets most poignant. She asks, why? If one's goal is simply to survive, to survive safely, to survive safely within this chaotic and dangerous world, and while we're being comforted with the small consolations and the ordinary pleasures of easily digestible entertainment products, why? Why? Why would we go through all the trouble of standing on lines and paying admission fees, struggling to stay awake, to, to pay attention, to, to read subtitles, to read program notes, to attend lectures, to read reviews, if the experience of complicated high art just makes you feel dumb? And you know what? She has a point. The, the way she puts it is, is, is simply marvelous. She says, people should never be ashamed of having a greater affinity for crap than for crap's last tape. This, this, this sort of candor should be applauded, but instead we artists, we tend to call it Philistine. We, we, we mock it. We, we thumb our noses at it. But let me tell you something. Art isn't for everyone. Literature is not for everyone. Opera is certainly not for everyone. And the sooner we, <clears throat> we artists, we intellectuals, we elitists, the sooner we recognize this, the better it will be for everyone. Now, Cornelia Robbins is a real cultural heroine. She is a thought leader. She is a real bad ass, a real badass, a badass of banality. She's the ultimate doyenne of the dull, a high priestess of the unapologetically prosaic. And you know what? With the courage of people like Cornelia Robbins, the world of ideas may very well become a safer and much less congested place. Look, let's face it, going to a museum these days is not a very pleasant experience. I mean, it's like, it's like playing ice hockey in a vat of molasses. I mean, these huge, slow-moving crowds and all this hip-checking and the elbowing and the, the jostling for position. I mean, mobs of people clustering around small, subtle works of art and sweet, elderly docents holding up traffic, rattling off a bunch of bullet points that would make, I don't know, Wikipedia seem encyclopedic. And, and, and all those self-guided tours, you know, the, the, those, those clip-on digital devices with narrations from actors who are only trying to make ends meet between doing their audiobook gigs. I mean, we now have to wear earbuds in order to look at paintings? Oh, oh and the 
kids, ay, the kids, the children. Culture now is like castor oil. It's, it's, it's supposed to be good for you. It's like kale, like listening to, to Mozart in utero. We, we seem to think that if kids spend less time with Fortnite and more time with, say, I don't know, Francis Bacon, they'll somehow grow up to be sensitive. They won't be bullies. And maybe they'll even bump up their SAT scores a few points. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> did I mention the selfies? Look, the message of Cornelia Robbins is clear. It's not only okay to be indifferent to art, it is an act of fearless commitment to be able to turn your back on the likes of, of Proust or, or James Joyce or, or Tolstoy or Puccini or Wagner, I don't know, to turn your back on Shakespeare or Beckett, Tennessee Williams, to be able to, 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 to dismiss people like Picasso or Mika Carpentier, uh, Brancusi, uh, Curata Malaspina, it, 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 it's, it's an empowering moment. And more than that, to do so is a reverent gesture of homage to our naturally brutish and boorish nature. It's an unapologetic celebration of the routines and habits of the average mind, and it doesn't come with any fancy footnotes. So here's to you, Cornelia Robbins, a leader, a leader, a real leader, a leader in the liberation of the low, lowbrow. Cornelia, if, if you're listening, and I, I know you might be uncomfortable with the term, but to me, and I know a thing or two about this. To me, you are an amazing, amazing artist. You are. You really are. You are. Well, that's enough hagiography for today, but please join me again next time as I continue to willfully and recklessly do everything I possibly can to alienate more of my devoted listeners to the lives of contemporary artists. <laughs>